Hello and welcome to another episode of the Koshcast on underthekoshblog.com and at under underscore the Kosh on Twitter. My name is Alex. Bernie is here. Hello, hello, Alex. Hello in my ears. And Mohanad is also here. Yes. Hi, Alex. How are you doing? Fantastic. Cannot complain. It's Monday. Excellent. All day. <laughs> Bernie, you right? I am wonderful now I've gotten over my internet issues, hopefully, inshallah. Knock on wood. Is it even a podcast if there aren't any tech issues, though? Mm, especially from me. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> no, it's not. Uh, all right. We're actually, we're actually fortunate. Like, because Bernie uh, sodded off to the suburbs, we started, we started doing this on Zoom like well before it was cool. Um, <laughs> so there was no transition for us when we all got stuck at home. I was actually uh, thinking yeah. about it recently, about like how we would all drive to your place mostly. And like, it was fun, but it was also still didn't make sense with all the technology we had available. It was more of us hanging out together than actually for the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I miss it though. You, you always used to get Pizza Hut on the way home. Always. Every day. <laughs> that was, that I, was, that was a great time. We, we took for granted, I feel like. That's oh true. yeah now it's just sad and alex is such a wonderful host he'd have tea available and bernie usually had some leftover lunch from work that we'd kind of nibble <laughs> on and like it was great it's true there was some cookies yeah, like a, a lot of the time chips yeah there's a picnic and a podcast yeah <laughs> a podnik that just that sound, sounds russian i was gonna <laughs> yeah. say yeah <laughs> very russian very fast yeah. I, I also, uh, you, you mentioned the team, Mohanad. That made me remember my, my slow campaign to try and wean you off white sugar. Uh, yeah, also... Wean, reducing wean the amount of sugar in your tea every week. And, and milk as well. Like, you had, like, a, a drop of milk. It was, like, infuriating. <laughs> yes. And so we, we all, like, take tea a bit differently. And I think one week we posted on Twitter, like, a poll as to how everyone else drinks their mm-hmm. tea. And it was by far the most popular tweet we've ever posted. Yeah, it was peak. <laughs> it was peak. <laughs> should really do that again and see, see if attitudes have changed. Anyway, that's enough of that crap. Let's talk about the football. It is transfer deadline day, January transfer window, transfer deadline day. Um, so we're going to start with a little question. What is your favourite January transfer window transfer? Not, not like the best doesn't even need to be for your team, but what is your mm. favorite? Bernie? I was going to be funny and go as recent as last year, but I had a coughing fit that we just had to edit. So <laughs> you don't have to live with that. And I was going to laugh about Odio Nigalo, my Nigerian brother, favorite over labor, and that whole miracle story. But I'll go with another miraculous story of Patrice Evra. Mm. Um, people like to talk about Vidic. I like to talk about Evra because... I just I love this game, <laughs> and, and he's one of my favorite characters in football. Ended up winning a lot after Mo and I. We shared stories in high school about how his debut. We laughed and laughed and laughed. It was one of my most memorable game. soccer moments that I will never forget in my life. It was me, and my brother, watching Evra play the first game. It was a Manchester derby, and he got so rinsed in the first half versus City that he was taken off at halftime. And me and my brother, we were still young. We were literally on the floor laughing so hard at this new signing United have made that it's going to be an absolute flop. It was, it was actually horrendous. And he, what he said was that he had like beans the day before or the morning of, and he, and he didn't sleep. And he's like, he was so nervous. He just did everything wrong. <laughs> and I'm like, bro, you were, you, whatever it was, you were shit. 
but he turned out brilliant. One of the best if, left backs I've ever seen in the end. If, if he did have beans that day, that was probably the first time he'd ever had beans. <laughs> Big beans, probably. <laughs> yeah. Like, he was what? He, he's French. Like, what is his, his roots of what? Guadeloupe? And... Yeah. And he spent a long time in Italy. Like he probably ate really well. Then he shows up in Manchester and gets beans and falls over. Beans and Fantastic. Jaffa cakes. Unbelievable. <laughs> it's a good signing, though. It's a good signing. Uh, Mohaned, what about you? Um, this is a hard one. I would say I'm trying to just make sure it is a yes. It is Kim Kalstrom. Hey! Wow. So wow. this Man is what of back. Exactly. So Arsenal signed them on deadline day, Thursday, first of January, twenty fourteen. You know, deadline day signings mean they're your savior. So they joined. He joined, and then he. It was later told to us fans that he has a back issue that he's going to undergo his rehabilitation at Arsenal. So then he didn't make his debut until end of March. So we signed someone in January to sit up to basically get get treatment at Arsenal for three months. <laughs> Free healthcare. <laughs> I, honestly, man. And then he came on for like ten minutes. But the only thing he did that was very he's very famous, he's cult, cult hero is he scored in the FA Cup semi-final against Wigan in penalties. So he came on, took a penalty, scored a goal, and helped us get to the final that year. That I think we then ended up winning. And he said it was like the, his his career highlight. No, it was the best thing he ever did. Greatest fifteen minutes of my life are his exact words. <laughs> so that for me surely has to be up there in terms of just yeah you know, yeah. But just you can't you can't be grudge those types of guys. You know what I mean? You, it's like no. you you just know they're there to say a bit like a Gullet United that like I played here. That's, That's it. it. Yeah. That's all they care for. You know, hundred yep. percent. Um, what about you? So I've I've got I've got a serious one and and one for a laugh. The, I'll go with the serious one first, which is um, we talked about a bit earlier on the thread, Andre Arshavin. Mm. Because when you think about like a January transfer that you actually want, like most January transfers are shit. Let's be honest, right? But if you think about one you actually want, you want like a wicked attacking player who's going to come in, make your team better immediately, and score a bunch of goals. And that's what he did. And like. After about six to nine months, it all fell apart because he ate too much cake and, <laughs> and stopped giving a fuck. But like before that, he was sensational. Like came in, scored four against Liverpool, scored a bunch of other goals. It was just, it was a lot of fun. And and he was a weird little bloke too. Did When he was January, I thought he was like right after the Euro. Remember that Euros where he was just absolutely insane? It was the January after that. Oh, okay, 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 okay. What a Euros that was. That was one of my favorite oh. Euros. Like, just Russia going through. Like, I think it was a Russia-Holland game. Was that the one that was insane? That was one of the best games I have ever seen just in football in general. And Turkey made the semifinals. Yes. Remember how David. good Holland were in that particular yeah. competition? Like, we thought they would win, and then they just abruptly lost to Russia or something. Like, it was nuts. Yeah, mm-hmm. that, that was wicked. And then, like, all of those Russian, as always happens with those kind of tournaments, all of those Russian guys got bought. Like, Yuri Zhirkov went to Chelsea, Pavlichenko, Spurs, Arshavin. Did Smirtin get, like, a, a yeah. Chelsea, I think? Yeah, and there was one more, some bloke in the middle. Who was that? Like, defensive midfielder, long hair. Or was that Smirtin? I can't remember. Smirtin had long hair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, but my, my other one is, uh, is Mohamed's favorite player. <laughs> 
favorite player of all time, Wilfred Boney. Oh God! Swansea to Manchester City, thirty-two million. The problem is how mad I got. You think I was a City fan? Like I was just so mad at the I world. Forgot. I forgot. Oh my! Why would you remind me of this, Alex? Okay, listen to this goal record though, right? Wilfred Boney, Sparta Prague, two thousand eight to twenty eleven, twenty two goals and fifty nine. Steps up to Vitesse Arnhem, forty six goals in sixty five games. Gets his big move to Swansea, twenty six goals and fifty four. You're thinking this guy is unstoppable. Manchester City, six goals, thirty six games. <laughs> and then alone yes. to Stoke. But we talked about this, I think, last podcast. It's all about fit within the organization. I don't care about your stats. You are clearly not a fit for where City are trying to go with this project. It's just but not going to happen. He wasn't fit at all. <laughs> you know, he wasn't he, fit for anything. He, he reminds me, though, there was a tweet that um, I think someone put out about Igalo, actually. And he and Wilfred Boney reminds me of that type of African player who's like, listen, bro, I'm literally here for the name of club and the paycheck. Because, <laughs> like, Adebayo, even though he played for a bunch of clubs, you know he's a vibes man. Like, Boney's mm. a vibes man, Igalo's a vibes man. And he made the joke that Eto did won everything and then became the greatest vibes man of all time. <laughs> Just going from place to place, place picking up cash. There's the also blueprint was there for him. It's true. There's, um, I mean, Bernie. I know you kind of said Igalo was a joke, but I mean, Bruno wasn't he a January sign like this? Like, when is it? When didn't he just sign in January? Yeah, yeah. I mean, so, I mean, there, there's there's been a couple. I know Alex is saying like January is usually uh, yeah. That seems to be kind of the the reputation that January transfer does. But I pulled up a list here of you know some. Pretty good signings, man. Like you've got Suarez. Suarez, PSV to Liverpool, PSV to Liverpool. You know, yeah. big signing for them. You've got um, Jesus to City. Yeah, you've got um, sorry, yeah. What am I saying? This list is wrong. You know what's um, funny about Suarez though? While you're looking at that list, is yeah. that they got him from Ajax, and then the the hilarious idea was we're gonna do a big man, little man with yeah. Andy Carroll and Luis Suarez. Only for him to figure out that. Suarez can do big man, little man by himself. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and then, I mean, speaking of Andy Carroll, the Fernando Torres, Andy Carroll swap between Liverpool and whatever, that whole, like, roulette of, you know, Fernando Torres to Chelsea and then yeah. Andy Carroll to Liverpool. That happened in January. That was mm. huge. Uh, Juan Mata, Chelsea to United was January. That one was, was banterous. That was just, like, Moyes hadn't been able to sign anyone in the summer and Mourinho was, was shoving Mata under the bus for no reason. Mm-hmm. And Moyes was like, sure. Yep. Why not? Arsenal and signed he had up. no idea where to play him. He ended up playing on the right wing for ages. Yeah, yeah. Arsenal signed Aubameyang in January, which is a big signing. Mm-hmm. And the biggest of them all, I would say, is Virgil van Dijk, Southampton to Liverpool. Yeah, that was a January trend. I mean, that is huge. That transformed the club. I think we've forgotten so. the biggest January signing of all time. There we go. Say Vidic, aren't you? No, 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 no. I mean, come on. Biggest in terms of say a human being, sure, but like. <laughs> The biggest and the greatest January transfer business is simply the one that involved our two clubs that will forever live with us till the day that we die. Mkhitaryan and Alexis Sanchez. <laughs> was that oh, January? Oh, that was January, mate. Oh, the desperation all round. So <laughs> I was actually January. thinking, speaking of disastrous January swaps, in terms of like a, you know, cons and domino effect and stuff, is Sanchez Mkhitaryan worse or is Torres Carroll worse? No, 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 no. Sanchez Mkhitaryan. Because like Torres, mm-hmm. Torres was, was injured 
and Chelsea buying him was fucking stupid, but it was Roman Abramovich just like splashing his money around, whatever. And they had other strikers. And then Andy Carroll was actually good. And like, you could, it was justifiable just about. Like they overpaid, but you could see why they did it. But like Mkhitaryan and Alexis Sanchez, 500 yeah, but- grand a week, putting him a little video of him on a piano. Like what is going on? <laughs> And then Theater of Dreams, yeah. The Mkhitaryan being like, yo, Pierre, you want to come over here? And he doesn't even understand what he's saying. <laughs> but, like, there's one thing that tips uh, the Torres and Carol thing over that one any day. Simply the Gary Neville commentary of Torres going around the Barca keeper <laughs> into the final of the Champions League. That's all, like, that justified it because he's a Champions League winner. Like, right, right. he is, so. I honestly like I, I know I know Sanchez fell off a cliff performance wise, but like at the time I thought it made sense for United. He was the best player in the league by far. And I was like, it makes sense that you want to buy him. I mean, Pep wanted him too. It just I don't think anyone could have predicted that sharp decline in I guess physical ability that came then with you know his performances. I, I believe I specifically said <laughs> that was gonna happen exactly the way that it did, especially because you guys didn't actually want to keep him anymore. Like, you, even though you couldn't, you had stopped trying. And everyone was talking about the time that the signing was happening, that they were shocked that United went that hard for the guy who was physically decrepit at that point. So Here's know. a question. Is that, your, is that your Ferguson Adams moment, but the other way around? Pep really wanted Sanchez for a bit. And then United's like, hell no, we're having him. And then Pep yep. went on to win the league. Which one's Adam? <laughs> oh, the Charlie Adam. The, Charlie, the Charlie Adam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I feel like it's a little bit. Yeah. 100%. 100%. City, City tricked United into getting Alexis. And then 100%. everybody said when City won the league, they're like, oh my God, literally why you won the league is because you didn't sign Sanchez. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, true. did you guys see that this season, like no, a week ago, Inter were looking at the swap for, I think, Jeco and yeah. Sanchez, and it was a real thing. Like, mate, the man is toast. Jeco <laughs> to City is another January signing, by the way. Jeco was great. Hmm? I, I will yeah. back Jeco forever. Quadrado yeah. yeah, to Chelsea was another January one. That was mint because they sent Salah the other way and they sold Quadrado <laughs> again like within within like a year. He never yeah. played. Yeah. And finally, before we move on, Chelsea made 60 million on Oscar going to China in January. Oh. Bro, did you see his interview recently? Yeah. What do you say? Who? Oscar. He did an interview where he was like, I'm not leaving China now because this is too sick. But at some point, I'd like to come back to Chelsea to end my career. I was like, mate, what, who do you think you are? Well, what's the connection there? You were there for like a minute. Yeah. You think Chelsea's just going to like reserve a parking spot for you so you can come back when you're 32? He really was about the money and the vibes. Like, <laughs> and, <laughs> and fair enough. I respect like, it. I respect yeah. it. Just you know who was about money back. and vibes that I didn't expect? To, like Graziano Pelle. Like, I felt like he was just getting started and we were enjoying him a little bit. And then he's like, <laughs> 300k a week. Peace. <laughs> Yeah, well, because he wasn't getting that in Europe, like no shot. Fair enough, fair but enough. wait, wait, wait. If we're, if we're talking vibes, man. Uh, oh God, what's his name? How have you forgotten his name? Is he in China? No, uh, Ghanaian, Sunderland. Oh, Asamoah Gyan. Asamoah Gyan. Yes. <laughs> yes. What a legend! <laughs> wasn't he the one that asked for like a plane or a helicopter or something? Yeah, and an island or something. Yeah. I bet he's richer than Messi at this point. <laughs> Oh, yeah. 
You guys, I'm sure, saw that contract leak, eh? $555 million over four years. Can you explain this? Can you break, I know you, you know this. Too. Can you break this down? Because it doesn't make sense to me. So he's going to sue everybody possible for this information coming up. But basically, <laughs> the last contract he signed was for $555 million over four years with bonuses and everything, like reaching $555 million. And then there was like a hundred, it was a hundred and eighty million option just to renew the contract. And then there was like a 90 million or something loyalty bonus for staying. Like the fact that he had all this in his contract and still wanted to leave Barcelona shows you how bad it was. Because <laughs> that's a yeah, lot of yeah. money to leave on the table. Yeah. Wait, so sorry, really eighty million if you I mean, just find a new contract. It's just unbelievable. So if he signed a new contract, he got 180 million. Yeah. Wow. A year extension. Wow. I mean, you, it, I, can't, I can't get over the, the, the enormity of this. Like, they could run two clubs on that money. You know what I mean? Like, they, wow. they could. The, yeah. That's crazy. Uh, oh. Like I, I obviously best player in the world has 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 kept them going for years, but arguably like has kept them going because they haven't been able to finance other stuff appropriately, right? What people will tell you though is that they will then give you the list of all the shit players they spent money on the you know the hundred fifty on Coutinho yeah. and the sixty on whatever that guy from Roma and the fifty from the right back. You know they'll show Dembele at ninety, whatever Griezmann at one hundred and twenty. They'll show you all the shit money that they spent. And they're going to say, you know what? Here's all the money. You spent another billion dollars and you spent it shit. So it's not messy. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. It's right. insane money, though. Anyways. Wow. All, right. Uh, all right. So why don't we have a look at some of the transfers that happened today? Uh, I'll run through them. Give me a reaction. Uh, Minamino, loan to Southampton. I think you had the best. Uh, Alex had the best uh, reaction to that one. So oh, that, that wasn't original. Oh, it wasn't? Still share yeah. it with the listeners. Uh, just that Minamino has worked out that the best way to get into the Liverpool team is to play for Southampton. <laughs> yeah, I really like that. <laughs> it's excellent. Oh, yeah, it's um, a waste of time for Southampton. Uh, I don't uh, like him. I just don't think he's that good. Well, we've barely seen him, to be fair. You know me, man. I see the first touch a couple of times and I make up my mind. It's just not there. <laughs> I know. And, 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 and on the, I largely agree with you. I'm just saying, like, let's give him a game or two. Um, Liverpool signed two centre-backs today. Uh, after Klopp has spent the month saying that he doesn't care and they're not going to. Um, so we've got Ben Davies, Davis Davies, for, uh, he's a centre-back from Preston, and uh, Ozan Kabak from Schalke. He said that uh, they got recommended Kabak for, by um, David Wagner. I think they were recommended Kabak by Arsenal so they can sell Mustafi to Schalke. I mean, it's a big part. I, I, think, I think that might have had a lot to do with it. <laughs> And I'm not sure I'll take any recommendation from Wagner. So this is probably a mistake. <laughs> no, but I mean, Bernie, you and I were talking about it earlier. Like we have heard good, neither of us have seen this guy play, but we've, we've heard good things about this kid for a while. So it'll be interesting. I actually thought Klopp, so Klopp's made one funny comment and one comment that I think is quite, um, quite interesting. So with regard to Ben Davis, he said, um, let me just pull it up. Also, um, name Tottenham's uh, left back isn't he a Ben Davis too? Yep. Yes. Okay. Yep. It's, it's going to be interesting. 
So he said, what I like about Ben is it just shows that each situation creates opportunities. I think it's probably clear that in a normal transfer window, without any issues, we would not look at Preston if there's a player for us or something like that. Not really <laughs> likely. Wow. <laughs> nice. He, wow. Went, he went on to praise him and how good he is and stuff, but I thought that was quite funny. Mm. I just, I'm interested if he's a big tower, towering centre-back, if he's going to get the, you know, big Ben nickname. He That'd is cool. quite tall, I think, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. You know what that means, right? Like, Phillips and Williams or whatever, he literally looked at them and was like, you guys are so shit. <laughs> I have to go to Preston. <laughs> yeah, no, the kids, the kids are done. The kids are done, for sure. Um, he just buy one, he bought two. <laughs> it's true. I wonder if they meant to, or whether it was just like they were trying to keep all these balls in the air and then they all kind of land at once. Um, but with, with Kabak and Mo, I think I think you'll you'll cotton on to this. He said, um, for him, I think it's a really good moment to make the move because like each player in the world, you need a stable team around you and that's what we can deliver. We deliver a stable team and you can play your position. You don't have to be 20 with pretty much everything on the pitch and not allowed to make mistakes anymore. Um, and that spoke to me a lot because you know, watching Arsenal over the years, we've chucked in youngsters without that stability and it it really damages them yeah the best the best way to bring through a youngster is in a team of another 10 absolute monsters and then it doesn't even matter if he makes a mistake because he'll recover um and i think that's the best way that yeah that's the best way to bring him through and learn from the best as opposed to like having a couple of youngsters in the team that are trying to you know sink or swim together so is that your plan with Saliba? Like, okay, we're going to have other guys play and then in three years bring him back. What does plan mean? The <laughs> word plan. What does that mean? What is plan? What is plan? <laughs> yeah. Um, speaking of teams without plans, uh, let's talk about Everton for a minute. So they sent Cenk Tosun to Besiktas finally, um, although I will miss having him to joke about, but, you know, it's good for them. And they've replaced him with Josh King. Uh, Bernie... Why did Josh King join Everton? So apparently his conversation with Carlo Ancelotti is what did it. No <laughs> shit. The other option was Fulham. Like, mate, the conversation with Scott Parker and Ancelotti, you don't even need to have the conversation, first off. Like, just to say you got coached by Ancelotti, you can tell your grandkids that is enough. That's all you need. So I didn't need that news story that like, oh, the conversation with, like, no, shut the hell up. Like, we don't care. <laughs> Also, also the, the conversation with Scott Parker was really short. Parker was just like, are you Nigerian, Josh? And Josh King was like, no. And Scott Parker was like, oh, forget it. <laughs> That's why he went to go get the other guy, the other Josh. He went, he went to get Josh Madger. <laughs> Wasn't Josh King uh, in those lists? We were looking at the Premier League top scores over the last like 10, to 10 years or whatever. And Josh King was like, uh, like top three in like 20, whatever, 14 or 15. Yeah, he had one good season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, we've been very quick critical of Bournemouth's uh, transfer policy over the years. And it does crack me up that one year ago, they rejected 25 million from Manchester United. And now they're selling him for five. Yep. yep. And they I didn't mean, even stay up. So You got to take the, take the deal. Always take the deal. <laughs> it applies to clubs as well as players. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> Correct. Uh, the uh, the slow decline of Sami Khedira. He's gone to Hertha Berlin. Anyone care? No. Nope. Nope. Cool. Um, let's talk about Arsenal. Uh, Maitland Niles has gone to uh, West Brom to play under Sam Allardyce. Why? Inconsequential. Just why? Games, it? Hey, just to sell. Like we want to sell all these people. Put them on the market. Let people take a look. Maybe like us. 
I don't know, a Leeds or a Southampton or if a Villa. If gets injured, what happens on that side? Cedric. Cedric. And if Tierney gets injured, what happens on that side? Cedric. Cedric. <laughs> so Cedric is just everything. Oh, yes. To be fair, uh, I mean, you wouldn't want him to, but Bukayo Saka can play there if absolutely necessary. Let him attack. Let him attack. Yeah, don't, I mean, don't ruin him this early, Jose and Nathan. Wow. <laughs> wow. I mean, that is the worst insult I've ever heard. It's, it's the meanest thing Bernie's ever said to me. Um, and, oh, Joe Willock to Newcastle, which strikes me as a very much like, yeah, why not? For, for everyone concerned, like, doesn't make any difference to either club. No, and I don't think Willock is good enough to play for Arsenal. And Maitland-Niles is not good enough to play for Arsenal in midfield, at least. So... None of these guys are good enough to kind of be important enough in the next couple of years. I mean, even Willick coming in for the couple of games here and there, I don't think he's even good enough for that. Fair enough. Um, this one's big, though. This one's this one's a big one. We've been waiting for this one a long time. Um, Mohamed, were it not COVID, I would suggest a party in honor of this <laughs> transfer. Scott Ramasafi's gone. He's gone. He's gone. He's gone. He's gone. He's he gone. is finally gone to bottom of the Bundesliga with Schalke. Schalke, actually, you know what? I'm going to start support. I'm going to buy a Schalke shirt. He took, <laughs> he took Kolasinac alone, and hopefully they're going to buy it because he's the captain doing amazing. And Mustafi is also gone there now on a six month. So, you know what? They are doing us a huge favor. The next is, I think they need a center midfielder, like kind of a guy that can sit deep, play, you know, deep in midfield, kind of connect to the center backs. I have a guy in mind, so if they need anything, just, you know, maybe in the summer. A nice, a nice, a nice slow Swiss midfielder sounds about right for them, doesn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. All right. Um, oh, speaking of transfers that Mohamed's really going to like, Will mm-hmm. Grigg. Will Grigg. <laughs> fire. <laughs> He's left Sunderland. He's gone back to MK Dons. Step up. <laughs> yeah, but I, but I wanted to see him in the Sunderland until I die. Yeah, he's, he's missing out on season four or whatever. Who's going to sing Will Grigg's on fire? Well, no one in the stadium, that's for sure. Sunderland probably still have fans in the stadium. <laughs> in tier eight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. COVID has uh, has mutated enough there that everyone's in No, COVID reached the border and was like, fuck this. <laughs> they took COVID to the Nissan factory. And it was all good from there. <laughs> And then they went on a training trip to Dubai with COVID. Man, that show is on. Like, I don't care about the Bayern Munich show, the UV show, the Tottenham show. It's Sunder, literally Sunder until I die. I will watch that show for 20 seasons. I don't care in what division they're in. I will watch it. Where else can you get the chief, the uh, head scout, walk into the director's <laughs> office and suggest that's any and then the other dude was so embarrassed because you could see the cameras there and he started to like brush it off like, yeah, well, this is unrealistic, but just put on them. I'm <laughs> <laughs> oh. just going to blue sky it. Just give us a thought. Oh, Chuck that into the thought pond. Uh, that's pretty much it for the for the ones that, that anyone's going to care about, I think. Uh, Dem- oh, Demarai Gray going to Leverkusen. Good for him. Good. Mm. Always, always a fan of... Uh, English players being outside of England. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. Um, games. There were some games. Should we start with Arsenal Manchester United? Yeah. Why not? Why not? 
Um, Bernie, I asked you this a couple of weeks ago. Uh, why can't United score against, and I'll put top six in inverted commas, top six teams? In inverted commas, because like the top six is actually pretty messed up right now, or like what? Well, yeah, and because <laughs> Arsenal. Arsenal. <laughs> Um, it's I. This game is different than others. The others is they're tentative and not trying to get beat six one again, <laughs> as the city and the Chelsea one showed. But this one was they just missed chances, like it was pretty pathetic in front of goal. You had the two from Cavani, which were a disgrace. Rashford not hitting it first time on his left, which was a disgrace, and Bruno putting one wide when. I mean, it wasn't as easy as the other ones, but I thought he still would have at least scored. And then Leno pulled off what I... Maybe it's because I don't remember too many saves, but to me, that felt like the save of the season. I don't know if that's exaggerating or not, but it felt like it because... And I think Mo put it this way. When Fred hit it, which you don't expect to go in anyway, it felt like it was in, and then all of a sudden, it's like, it's not. Like, it was like he reached from nowhere Mm, and got that. So... yeah, I think yeah, when I was crazy. watching when I was watching that save, it was one of those, you know, when you see the trajectory of the ball and you can kind of, you're seeing the ball and the keeper at the same time live and you can quickly do the math in your head whether he's going to get there or not. And I think in my head, the math was like, he's not going to get there. Mm-hmm. And then even when he was still diving towards it, I'm like, nope, still not going to get there. Because you can <laughs> you can tell, right? And then out of nowhere, and I, I was explaining this to Alex, he, Leno seems really good at doing this. He just kind of extends a couple of vertebrae. They just make himself like... <laughs> a centimeter longer than I expect him to be. And then he just touches it. Like, it was a really good... And I think very smart placement by Fred. Like, that was a good decision by him to just side-foot it, lob it almost into that corner. I think it was very impressive by him. It it felt like something that even if he got a fingertip to it, that maybe he would, like, Leno would still put it in. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But, like, I don't know. That, to me, that's an incredible, incredible save. I thought the commentary reaction, at least on, on the zone, was harsh on Fred because the bloke was just like, he should have hit it harder. <laughs> it's like, it's a really good shot, especially for Fred, who usually blazes it over the bar. But yeah, it, it was it was an unbelievable save from Leno. Um, but yeah, other than that, I mean, Bernie, even even this game was a good 0-0, I thought. I thought it was a fun 0-0. It was random. It, I mean, it lacked a bit of quality which made it a bit of end-to-end. Like, there was a lot of straight passes, a lot of things not coming off the way the players intended it to, et cetera. I think we, we noted that during the game, where it just felt like there were so many easy, non-unforced uh, errors happening. Um, for United, I think McTominay got getting kind of stubbed off early on as well, changed the shape a little bit, um, because I think what Pogba kind of fell back into the center and then Martial went up top, right, wide, that changed things a little bit for you guys. On our end, I mean, Arteta did a, <laughs> a tactical decision to take off Martinelli at halftime and bring on William, who didn't have his worst game ever in an Arsenal shirt. But that it is was a low, an injury. But there was a no, it wasn't. Um, huh. But that is a low bar for William. So yeah, no, I I think that the tactical element was very clear. Like Arteta clearly wanted less pace and aggression. And, and competence and a bit more <laughs> laziness and incompetence. Uh, and he got it. it. It was a very successful substitution. <laughs> William's miss was unbelievable. I mean, or, I mean except it wasn't. But, but where it got stuck under his feet and he couldn't, his first touch was so bad. And then uh, it was just... Is it the Wan-Bissaka block? Like he should have... Yeah. Was that the yeah. one? Like 
you know when you're watching it live and we've watched enough football that as it's coming to him, you know the first touch is going to make or break it. The minute he takes the first touch, before he even takes the shot, you're like, yeah, too close to his body. There's going to be zero power. It's mm-hmm. just not going to happen. And you could just tell before he even attempts it that there's no point. It's not going to come off. But uh, but there's that. But there's also the difference between someone who's confident and takes a bad touch they can will, save it. will recalibrate. We'll mm-hmm. go, right, that touch isn't good enough, so I'm not going to take this shot. I'll take a step to the right and, re- you know, yeah. he has no confidence, so he just hits it, and he knows he's not going to score. I, I also thought that, like, going back to that substitution, now that I know that it's tactical, I actually think it's a crime. <laughs> like, I, thought, I thought it was injured because there were – so there were two occasions in this game where I thought Martinelli's defensive work were very important. There was the one that was coming over to Rashford, and then Martinelli, like, he saw it for ages and – busted over it and headed it away and there was another one which i think was a sliding tackle or so where he got into good positions because cedric was getting rinsed like he was uh one uh, got past him for a header like an open play header and i thought it's the end like cedric it's the end and social actually yelled at rashford and said he can't defend run at him <laughs> actually he said it like you um, you know the people picking up on twitter and they were like Solskjaer can be heard yelling at Rashford that Cedric cannot defend. Just run at him if you want. And Martinelli was saving his ass so many times. I could not believe when I saw William coming on for that alone. It was crazy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and we also, on the other side, Pepe had one of his better games in Russia. He's been having a much better month or so, let's say. I think it also coincides with the team playing a little bit better and Smith Rowe being in the team. And even when Saka was playing, and like I said, being the focal point, Pepe is starting to look a little bit better. I mean, does he look like a 72 million record signing? No. But does he look a bit more competent? Recently, yes. Um, still makes some random decisions. But again, I think also when he has Partey kind of down that right side with him, it helps him a lot in terms of just feeling confident. Like I was telling Alex Thomas, Partey didn't have his best game in an Arsenal shirt this game, but he was still just miles above any anything that we have in midfield. I just feel safe when he's on the field. I can't explain it. And, and Xhaka notably lifts himself when Partey is playing. Yes. It's, it's just that thing where, like, he can't... He knows he's not the main man, and he knows he's going to look ridiculous in comparison if he doesn't step it up, and so he seems to. He has been stepping up for a month now or so when Partey has been playing. Yes, he's been much better for sure, and it might suit him. That second fiddle might suit him just much better. I think it yeah. also suited Zaka in the sense of you guys surrendered the ball, especially I would say the first 10 minutes of the second half, you guys had all the ball and decided to attack. And after that, you surrendered it. And if you ask Zaka to just, you know, tackle and block and not, you know, push the ball forward and actually do things, he can be quite useful. But other than that, I just thought, you know, the midfield from Arsenal decided to surrender the game. And also, I want to give credit to Luke Shaw. Luke Shaw was bombing forward and creating things. He had a brilliant game himself. And if not for incompetence from the forwards, he would have had two assists in this game himself. And Wambasak would have had an assist as well. I, I didn't understand what the tactic defensively was from Arsenal at that point, letting two guys... I mean, you might think that they suck, but they've had the most chances created. And they're in the top 10 in the league. And Shaw's number one of fullbacks, which is shocking stat, but it's true. <laughs> so, like... It was a weird thing to allow to happen unless you're confident that United Strikers are going to absolutely mess it up. I'm surprised no one has done the whole Shawshank redemption joke with Shaw's improved form. Has that yeah. been done? Yeah, we've done that. Uh, okay. Who's we, United fans? Yeah. Okay, well, at least, you know, great yeah. minds, right? 
Um, got some questions. Um, first, a couple of my own, and then one from Twitter. Um, Mohanad, I think you produced a Bruno Fernandes stat. Oh, yeah. A series of stats. Oh, yes. Were quite enjoyable for the neutral. So I think so. it was something like, yeah, there I have it here somewhere too. It was about how Bruno Fernandes, and Bernie, I'd love to hear from you, um, <laughs> has, has not stepped up at all against the top six. No open play goals, no assists. Um, in what, three, two semifinals as well or something like that? You know, completely inconsequential. So what's this thing about just Bruno slapping the, the smaller teams and not stepping up against the top six teams? What's going on there? Is that a thing or is that just United in general? Um, it's, it's, it's half a thing and half not a thing because like people are like, Oh, open play. We're now starting using that when like, that means they're not going to include the chip assist for Martial against Man City, for example, like we're not going to include free kicks, for example, it doesn't really make sense to me. And then also like, we need to start thinking about Leicester here who are actually better than, than half the teams that we consider top six. And he's got open play goals and assists against them. So it's a little bit deceptive here if we're being honest but that said he hasn't really stepped up in those games because United have decided we're going to sit back someone tweeted something that was hilarious they were like 92% pass completion from Bruno I don't like it <laughs> because when Bruno has good pass completion Bruno is not taking chances on the ball mm-hmm. so and that was that's what happens in big games United sit back and don't take chances and don't try to create anything most of the time in this season. So it's a fairly logical explanation for that. All right. Far too sensible for my liking, but we'll, we'll let it go. Um, <laughs> Bernie, uh, another question for you. This one's from Twitter from Jojo. Um, so he says, uh, for United fans, what is the expectation for this season and for the next season? Uh, the squad arguably cost a lot. Is Ole the right man to win a title? Uh, win a title will, remains to be seen. If you have four semifinals and it suggests maybe not. Um, that said, this season was supposed to be about improvement and closing the gap from 33 points to something closer. So it's interesting when United fans get upset that they've blown like, you know, three points at the top lead when no one ever expected them to be there. All they want to do is improve their points tally and get close to the top. And that's all that the season's supposed to be. Yeah, so I don't think it's no. about... <laughs> yeah, I think that's a no. Okay. Um... I think it's not about United blowing the top. I think it's about how. Like, when you lose to Sheffield United 1-0, I think that's going to win things a little bit. So, like, lose to the top teams or something, but that 1-0 against Sheffield, that was that was weird, man. That was, yeah. It was it was 2-1, and it was this, it was arrogant as hell. That was what annoyed me. They they thought they had made the big time. They, that defending, we haven't talked about that game. I want to talk oh. about that a little bit. The defending for the second goal is, and I'm sure there's worse, so this is going to be hyperbolic, but it was the worst piece of defending I've seen in years. And it showed, like, do you know how many times the ball went into the box and they pretty much could have just sat down, like the defenders? Like, it, it was a disgrace. And it was, they thought they had reached a big time. They thought they were too big for themselves. Like, people are going to make noise about the refereeing decisions Sure, fine. The refs were wrong, but who cares? Like the performance was so bad that like I don't actually care that the refs got decisions wrong. It doesn't add anything to it. Stupid. You know what that defending reminded me of is when you're playing pinball and you mistime it and instead of like whacking the ball away, you just kind of like <laughs> flick it a tiny bit. 
You know, to, just kept like flicking it away and then it just kept coming back in. When I saw that piece of defending, it reminded me of when you're playing FIFA and then you just drop, you leave the controller on the side and the computer kind of takes over a little bit, but just does just enough. <laughs> That's what it felt like for me. Where it's just like, you know, it, it, it's a controller that is set aside and the computer has taken over. It was actually really weird to see in the replay because, you know, in real life, you don't think about it. Then you watch the replay and you're like, what is going on here? Like, this is Sheffield, and they're just like they keep getting the ball back to try again. <laughs> yeah. Do you see that it started with De Gea? Like, yeah. Like, I don't even know if it's called a clearance or whatever no. it was he did. It just like it's it's it was so Sunday league that you're just like what? <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Yeah. It was it was bizarre. Um, but uh, sorry, Jojo um, at Mojo Dope has asked um, about a couple of other clubs, so we'll we'll do them now. Um, Mohanad. He says, how much do we love Bukayo? A lot. Like, very, very much. Like, more than my family. <laughs> wow. <laughs> One of whom definitely listens to this pod, so... Yes. Would Sorry, you give him a hip? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I love that tweet. Bukayo was injured for the United game. This guy's like, well, I don't need my hip. You can have a Bukayo. <laughs> Everybody retweeted it. Yeah, love, man, he's, he's like, you know, my assessments of young players can be very harsh. So rarely do I find one that I enjoy, especially they're even harsher when they're Arsenal youngsters, right? The standards are even higher. And he just fills, he just takes all the boxes, man. Like, I, yeah, I'm just so excited for him. But, but not only technically, but also, like, mentally. Yeah. Uh, you know, like, he, he's got his head on his shoulders. He's, you know, he's well-spoken. He knows what to say and what not to say. And on top of that, he's just really bloody good. And like, yeah. what was the assist? Which game was it? The assist where he, on the half volley, oh yeah, yeah, Cedric whacked it over to him, like 60 yard ball or whatever. And on the half volley, he just squared it to like, like it wasn't a thing. Yeah. And it was like, yeah. that is really difficult. And he's just made it look so easy. Yeah. It's things like that that make you appreciate just how good he is. Um, oh, boy. Had to get that in, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Um, and then uh, George's last question is about Liverpool. So we'll, we'll go on to talk about Liverpool 3, West Ham 1. Um, but he says, and we don't actually have any Liverpool fans on the pod unless we have a guest on, but um, he says, is the window for league titles over for Liverpool? Can this squad win the title this year or next season? Um, I mean, I think the Liverpool fans we know would say the window's not, oh, is not closed. That Liverpool are not necessarily out of it this season, although it might be difficult. Um, although it will help to have new centre-backs so that they can start playing their midfielders in midfield again. But I also think we're likely to see a bit more regeneration in the summer. Um, and so I, as long as Klopp is there, I, d I don't think they're out of it. What do you guys think? I think that um, it really depends what happens, like you said, in the summer, um, because there's just too many old bodies. Like if, if it was one or two, I can understand it. But at this point, there are too many. And I think a lot of what happened this season with, you know, COVID and tired and inflated schedules, they're old. Like, I mean, Salah is, is playing really well now, these last two games, but he wasn't before. Mane's breaking down. Firmino's, ugh. <laughs> and uh, Vinaldum, you know, what's he going to do? Thiago's on Mohanes fraud watch. Like how... <laughs> 
Jordan Henderson, he's injured now a lot more than he was. How do you recycle that? And how does Van Dyke come back? There are so many open questions that I feel like there are too many questions to be answered even over the summer. That if, as long as Pep is at City, I think City win it again. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's yeah, it's a weird one. It's hard to predict, right? But of course, yeah. I, 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 Sorry, I was just saying you can definitely not say that they are categorically out of the favorites to win the league either this season or next season. I think that's very harsh and very you know improbable to say. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I would agree. Mm-hmm. I, I I think I my most. I think what's most likely is that we'll see Wijnaldum will go because if he was going to stay, he'd have signed by now. I think they'll probably replace him with Basuma from Brighton. I think that's that would be a very good signing. Is and that then the I link? think, yeah, oh, I'm yeah. So mad. I mean, Basuma's getting linked a couple of places, but I think if Liverpool are in, that's where he'll go. Uh-huh. Um, and then I think they'll probably sign another forward, a wide forward, to because it just feels like the end is nigh for one of Mane or Salah. And maybe that's wrong, but it feels that way. Yeah. Yeah. Also, yeah. Anyway, speaking of that, can I speak about Salah's second goal? Against West Ham? Yes. I mean, you can start with the first if you want. I think there are two beautiful the, ones. So. The first is a Salah goal, whatever. You know what? That's how good he is. I don't even need to speak about the first. He curls mm-hmm. it in, mm-hmm. yada, 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 world-class player, and he keeps reminding me of how amazing he is every time I almost like forget it a little this second one, the whole first of all, the whole move was fantastic. Trent's ball to Shakiri was unreal. I know we know he has it in his locker, but it was so good. And then Shakiri's one time pass into Salah, like the trajectory of that ball, the way he made it loop so high and drop from the sky onto Salah to kind of get it away from the defender was a really hard technique. And, and he did it so well. Then Salah's absolutely nonchalant mm. touch with his right with his weaker right foot. Mm-hmm. To kind of trap it in a way that then allows him to such an easy flick with his left into the goal. Because Fabianski did the right thing. Fabianski was out there. He was ready for, you know, even if that touch was an inch or two too too wide from Salah or too long, Fabianski's there, done. This should not have been a goal. But it was just way too perfect that Fabianski found himself in no man's land that he was not expected to be at. And it was, man, I cannot explain how hard that is. It's just phenomenal. It, it wasn't just the, the direction of the touch for the finish. It was the timing. Like, he did it so quickly that Fabianski had no time to set. It was, mm-hmm. it was perfect. The, the active word there is, was nonchalance. I, I really love a nonchalant goal, and that was, that was one of them. That was definitely one of them. It was an unbelievable goal. And for most of that game, West Ham were in it until, like, Liverpool decided, okay, <laughs> Salah's going to carry us on our back. It was like he decided, oh, I'm awake now. And and Monet, I want to ask you as an Egyptian and also someone who maybe won't be won't be biased about this, maybe. Um, Salah, I feel he's still underrated, if you know what I mean. Like we 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 tell the truth and we're honest. He hasn't actually played very, very well consistently this season. We know that. But he gets the numbers. In past years with other players, that would have been enough. You know what I mean? Like people have been like, whatever. Like he gets the goals, he's a talisman, doesn't matter if he plays well. With Salah, it feels like he has to play well because he, when, if he leaves this season, I'm not sure he makes people's top five ever, Premier League players. I'm not sure he does. But should he? Yeah, but then... And, like, why does that happen for him? Yeah, that's a very good point because then you have players like Hazard who scored, you know, eight goals a season <laughs> that are in people's top three of, like, Premier League players and all that. And, you know, Salah has done stuff since he joined this league that 
first of all, no one expected him to do. And not a lot of people have done in the past. He's breaking Liverpool records of players like Torres and Suarez. And, you know, he's breaking records of players that played for Liverpool with unbelievable numbers and unbelievable contributions. I think you're right. As you, the expectation of Salah, he has to do it all. He has to be a top scorer, which he is by two goals, by the way. He's having a bad season in quotations and he's top scorer by two goals, right? Mm-hmm. Um, he has to play well. He has to do it. You know, it's a standard that he set himself over the last two years. I mean, he joined this, the league and I think in his first season, absolutely dominated the stats and did all that, whatever was it, like 50 goals or whatever it was in a season and he killed it. And then they won the Champions League and then they won the league and it was a lot on him and people keep talking about Salah versus Mane. I'm sorry, that is not a conversation. Are they both great players? <laughs> yeah, they're both fantastic players. But who is your world-class talisman player? It's it's Mo Salah. And it is nowhere near Mane. Mane can run around and do all the energy and the effort that people like. But when you play Divock Origi and Sheridan Shakiri on either side of a player, it's not going to be Firmino and it's not going to be Mane. It's going to be Salah. And Pop does this a lot. He will rest Firmino. He will rest Mane. But he will keep Salah on the field because he knows with Salah on the field, anything can happen at any moment, even when the supporting cast are, you know, the second string. And I think that's that says it all about what Klopp thinks of him and, and his importance to this team and why Salah is not, you know, underrated. I actually, I don't know. I mean, it's longevity, maybe. Maybe he's doing it all too quick within two, three years that he's not here enough to kind of stay in people's minds. But it's hard, it's hard to explain why he's not appreciated enough, which is, yeah. I honestly think that part of it is just that modern players are not going to... When we talk about Premier League greats, like people will always go back to the old favorites, even if someone comes along and outdoes all the numbers. Because we, you, we've talked about this before, but you look at the stats of like the greats, the Bergkamps, the Cantonars, et cetera, they're rubbish. Like compared to today's, what we consider great stats, they're, they're nothing. They're like 10 to 15 goals a season or whatever, nothing outstanding. But those players were, <coughs> A, they, they were revolutionary at the time, and B, they, they, and, and because of that, they made people feel things, you know, not mm-hmm. to get weird about <laughs> it, but like they, they did because they were so different. Whereas now, like we're so used to the Premier League being full of all-stars. And so we're used to this and we're kind of numb to it. And we're certainly numb to Salah's numbers. Like his numbers think, are ridiculous. I think it's, it's also a matter of there hasn't been a player other than Kevin De Bruyne, and even he's a little bit weird in, in many people's eyes, who has dominated and taken his team to multiple Premier Leagues. Like, Salah's probably going to do one, like, which was last year. I, I'm not sure he's going to win again. But when you see the Ronaldos, like the Hazards, there are multiple, even Drogba, I feel like in many people's lists that, he, that he'd be higher than Salah, though it doesn't make sense to me. But I, I, I feel like it would happen because there are those multiple moments that you can hold on to and I feel like Salah needs at least one more for people. I, I, like, not, not for me, but I think for the masses, probably. For I think also he's in, a, he's in a very well-oiled machine, which doesn't sometimes help the star, right? Like, you're in such a dominating, well-oiled machine. It's almost a little bit like Lewandowski at Bayern or, you know, something like that, where I feel like a, a Suarez at Liverpool just stood out so much because around him, oh, we're just not as good as, as he was, right? But mm-hmm. with Salah, there's enough around him that he, yes, he's, you know, he's a little bit above them, but not, you know, he's not carrying them that much. You know, you think of Cesc at Arsenal during his Premier League period, one nothing, but like you could just, the golfing class between the star player and I think the rest of the team can sometimes affect how you feel about him. Hazard was a little bit like that. You know, the golfing class between Hazard and the rest of the team, especially in the season that they weren't 
doing very well was huge. Well, Cristiano right? was was the best player in a well-oiled team, but people, I bet you nine out of ten will put Cristiano in Premier League, you know, top tens over Salah. So I'm not I'm not sure what it is. That's why every time, every way I look at it, every logical way I look at it, I'm like, I get it, but I don't think the masses get it. But anyway, there's too much on Salah because it's Mane's team anyway. <laughs> also, who cares what the masses think? This is true. Exactly. All right, let's move on. Um, Chelsea 2, Burnley 0. No. Uh, Thomas Tuchel, one draw and one victory. He changed the system. So uh, in the first game, who was that against? Wolves, was it? Oh, yeah, yeah it was a horrendous game. Um, Chelsea looked all right for a little bit. Um, but uh, the second game against Burnley, and admittedly was against Burnley, uh, they looked a lot better. And they went with a, how to describe it? It was a 3-4-3, three, three, basically. Three centre-backs, uh, Callum Hudson-Odoi at wing-back um, with, uh, what's his name, Spanish murderer? Left-back, Marcus Alonso, left wing-back. <laughs> um, Kovacic and Jorginho, and then uh, Mount, was it Mount Werner Abraham? Was the three? Uh, it was, yep, yeah, Mount Werner Abraham, yes. Okay, perfect. So it was, it was a new system. It looked pretty good. Callum Hudson-Odoi had a fantastic game, like really productive, really dangerous. And it would be very interesting to see, you know, it looks like he started the first two games. So it looks like if Tuchel comes in and he's one of his guys, we're going to see a lot more of him, which should be exciting both for Chelsea fans and for the neutral. Um, but what I really want to focus on is Timo Werner missed another really good chance. <laughs> when it's, you know, when that becomes your reputation, unfortunately, that's all people look for. But you're right. that This one was perhaps his best miss, I think. It's because... <laughs> The other ones had some misfortune or this or that or whatever, but this one was just lack of technique. It was a lack of confidence. Yeah. The ball came at him and he just, he could not sort his feet out. What he you know, that was so slow. The mind you could tell was moving slowly. The feet were moving slowly. Yeah, it was not a good look at all. No. Uh, Bernie, you enjoyed this now? Um. <laughs> Timo Werner, oh God, 52 million pounds of honest garbage. Like, listen, I'm not trying to be harsh because I feel like he, he could come good. But like when your technique is that bad, we, you know the, the Charles Barkley meme? We need to have a discussion. Like we need to honestly <laughs> sit down and discuss this because it, it, it's not making sense. I'm sorry. It's not making any sense whatsoever. Interesting as well that they played without both... Um... Havertz? Both left-footed, yeah, Havertz and Ziyech. Um, yep. Played without both of them. Um, and as well, yeah, if you look at it, I mean, Jorginho's getting a lot more playing time than expected. Marcus Smart. Alonso, obviously, back out of nowhere. And he did, wasn't he so, wasn't Natuho so kind of appreciative of, of N'Golo Kante? And then he hasn't played him. Um, I'm not he sure if he... He's on the bench. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, he's not been in form, um, so maybe Togo's seen something in training. But uh, I will—I I saw a Jorginho stat that didn't really surprise me because I've always said that, like, since Jorginho has been at Chelsea, they always look better to me when he plays. And apparently, they haven't lost in fifteen when he started. So that, there you go. You know, did um, you guys watch the game like like fully dedicated? Like, you know, not not the whole thing. Because I've been reading people who I respect. Well, I don't expect many Chelsea fans, but people I respect saying stuff like, oh my God, I get it now. It's only been two games, but I see the organization and the system and the tactics. No. And I'm like, I didn't no. watch this, but didn't they say this last year? And they're saying it after two games. Like, I don't know. Are we the only sane people in the world? 
Uh, Bernie. Yes, sir. Uh, I have a comment for you uh, yes. from uh, at CFC Couch Critic, uh, your friend and mine on oh, Twitter, no. who him. says, uh, you know, when we put the tweet out for questions, he says, no questions, but let your United brethren know that Tuchel is coming for you and the Chelsea gloves are officially off. Oh, I like that. So, so what does this mean? They're like 14 points behind me and I'm supposed <laughs> to give a shit? Like, <laughs> Are they 14 points? Wait, it's... Uh, they no, both it's were not. below you. No, you, you guys are only ahead by like eight points. <laughs> by like eight points? <laughs> That's a lot of points, mate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but well, Bernie, they just smashed Burnley 2-0. So I'd be careful if I were you. I really would after the nil-nil with uh, whoever it was. Before. Well, <laughs> so no, but it, it, I don't know if Chelsea have enough centre-backs to play three at the back. Um, well, as Piliqueta is one. Thiago Silva, Rudiger, and then Zuma. Where is Zuma? He hasn't played in ages. He's still injured? Yeah. Uh, and then you've got... I'm surprised that Reese Jane... Well, Zuma's on the bench right now. I'm surprised that Reese, that You know, I think it's a good choice that he picked Hudson Adoy as a wing-back instead of uh, Reese James. Like, and Alonso, he picked two... Very non-defensive players to play wing back. So he didn't he, he he went all out. He didn't kind of dilly dally in that no man's land. You know, he went, okay, Marcus Alonso sort of chill well, and that's gonna do in the James. Like if I'm gonna play with wing backs, they better be real wing backs. Absolutely. Like, and and Marcus Alonso defines wing back. Like never have I seen a player, and I think we may have talked about this before, but never have I seen a player be so good if he starts 10 yards further forward on the pitch and mm-hmm. so bad if he starts 10 yards back. Like, it's bizarre. But when he mm-hmm. plays as a wing back, he's brilliant and he scores unbelievable goals like this one. That goal was insane. That goal was absolutely incredible. And, like, as for the Quetta's goal was, a, listen, he didn't know what was happening. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We'll take it. Also, it's also, I wonder why Dennis, like, CFC critic, is after me when he should be looking at Arsenal, who are coming up. <laughs> After him, like what? We're, we're too small for Chelsea to focus on, I think, right now. Yeah, but we're only two points behind. So, Alex, that was a shameful statement for you to say. No, but it's true. Like Chelsea, Chelsea fans are not worried about Arsenal. Right wait, wait, wait. Are we talking about in general or just now? Because Arsenal's a bigger club than Chelsea. You know this, right? I mean, right now, in terms of their competition, if like if they think they're going to rise up the league under Thomas Tuchel, they're not worried about what Arsenal. Are doing. Hashtag, you. hashtag teams like Arsenal. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, that's a, that's a great place to go. Now. <laughs> um, I, I I will tell you who I, I also think they shouldn't be worried about because they've got them on Thursday. It's Chelsea against Spurs. It's at the uh, the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium or whatever. The Tottenham Ball. But uh, Spurs coming off a three-one battering by Liverpool and a one-nil horrendous defeat by Brighton, which isn't to do Brighton a disservice because they were good. Um, but Spurs were. This, this was your, your classic uh, Mourinho's lost the dressing room, the players don't have a clue sort of Well, this was a 1-0 domination by Brighton. Mm-hmm. Let's just put it that way. Had they had a, a competent striker, this game would be 3-0 in the first half. Like, it was a 1-0 domination. And you're right, Alex, about the dressing room issue because I turned on this game for one thing, and literally one thing only, to see who would play it right back. That's all I wanted to see. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously Ori didn't play after all the rumors of the bus stop and blah 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 and Doherty didn't play because Mourinho was seething at one of the Liverpool goals that they conceded and I was like oh so Musa Sissoko the guy where I guess we'll just fill in wherever you need him to wait we'll but play. don't but don't gloss over this rumored fight or whatever it was because Alex said this was a losing the dressing room performance mate literally lost the dressing room <laughs> the week before yeah it was well, 
Yeah. So, um, you know, if, for anyone that, that hasn't heard, allegedly there was a fight between Aurier and Lloris over Liverpool's first goal, which was arguably all of their faults. Like, they were all horrendous for it. Um, and Mourinho blamed Aurier and subbed him off. And so Aurier just like, went home. Um, you know, and I, I'm not going to say that's right or wrong, but Mourinho is probably wrong about a lot of things. So I'm not going to blame Aurier, really. Um, and uh, and then you could see that something wasn't right. Like you could see it from from the minute the game kicked off, and in fact you could see it in the second half against Liverpool, and then you could see it again today. And I think I I heard that Spurs went seventy minutes between the two games without having a shot. Like they they have they have no idea how to build up play from the back. They have no idea how to progress the ball up the field. They have no patterns of play when they're in possession. And Even now they can't. Now they can't defend. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I mean, if it weren't for Alderweireld, who has had an unbelievable game, they would have conceded way more goals. He had a phenomenal game, and that that block was nuts. Yeah, I, I would just say the silver lining here is maybe that you know at halftime Mourinho did pull off a defender and play and and put on Vinicius. So you know maybe something's changing here. But again, Gareth Bell coming off and he was kind of really bad. Like he's just not cut out for for the Premier League. I'm sorry, he's just not. Um, I'm not sure why. Mourinho is playing three at the back. Um, and okay, is not available, but like still, you don't need Vin- to play Vinicius three needs at the to back play, against Brighton. Vinicius needs to play. And, and Mahana's point about three at the back is even more prescient when you think about Reguillon is injured, right? So if you play Davis as a center back, then you have no, literally no left back, which means you end up playing Matt Doherty as a left wing back, which was one of the most, that was a crime. Bernie, you want to talk about crime? Like <laughs> it was horrendous. He gave the ball away three, four times in the first half, but like under no pressure. It was it was awful. I'm yeah. I'm sorry. If if they so this Chelsea game could like if not that um Mourinho was in is in the Carabao Cup final, this could have been and if they lose, this could be one of those like, you know, it's win or save your win to save your job type things. Mm-hmm. And by the way, that Carabao Cup final. I don't think they played a single Premier League team, or if they did, they didn't play a single good team. They even had a they, bye in they, one of the they rounds. They beat Chelsea, but they beat them on pens. And then they had a bye in like the third round and played someone else. Honestly, Championship and then Brentford. Like he hasn't done. Like forget this final. He hasn't done anything in this in this job right now to even deserve to still be here. Honestly, and this is not just banter, but I would think if I was a Spurs fan, God forbid. I would actually not want to win that cup because the amount of garbage that is going to come out of Mourinho's mouth yep. about being the first manager to win whatever in 13 years and I did this and I won the Carabao Cup, it's just not worth it. It honestly is not worth it for a Carabao Cup. It just not is. All the other fans are going to make fun of you anyways because it's the Mickey Mouse Cup and no one cares. It's just not worth that for Mourinho. It 100% isn't. And like when, when Levy takes into account what to do at the end <laughs> of the season, like that cup should have nothing to do with it. It really shouldn't. And it probably will, let's be honest. Like his remit will have been win a cup and get top four. He's not gonna get top four and he might win a cup. And so it's it's on it's in the light, it's on the line, it's in the balance. Mate, and, he at his Christmas party, Dan Olivi said, All I want for Christmas is a trophy. He's not gonna sack him if he wins a trophy because of that now. <laughs> maybe. The the only the only thing I can think of is like, will Levy want to like out bastard Abramovich? You know, Abramovich has, has has chopped down Lampard. Maybe Levy just wants to go toe to toe. Chop down Mourinho. Come on. I hope so, man. Oh, God. Anyway, uh, anyway. Um, City, we'll just... uh, City beat Sheffield 1 0. 
Yeah, uh, 12 straight wins for Manchester City. Ominous. 12. And Bernie, Bernie called us a couple of podcasts ago. City are doing the 1-0 to the City thing where they're dominating a game but winning 1-0. Um, they've been doing that for a while now. Um, not sure. Yeah. They've been, yeah. They have a tough run coming. Also, also screw Pep, man. Like, how can wow. I play fantasy football when Pep <laughs> is the manager? Like, this is ridiculous. Fantasy Premier League is worthless when you have Man City players. Cancelo and Stones, both in my team, both would have kept a clean sheet. But no, for some reason, they both don't. You know what? Like, I'm just mad. I'm just, Pep is just bothering me week in, week out. Man. Fair enough. Wow. I, I think we've skipped past how, how like, sensational a result 1-0 loss is for Sheffield United in this context. Well, they just beat United, though, or no? Exactly. Yeah, it's not that sensational. They've drawn 1-1 against Manchester. <laughs> <laughs> when you put it that way, Alex, is actually very good. <laughs> but I just want to read you City's game. So Burnley away, whatever. Um, they play Liverpool on Sunday. Then they have Tottenham. I guess it's an easy game. They have Arsenal. Ah, interesting on form. And we they have West Ham and then Man United. Tough games. This yeah. this run of games will. I mean, if they win these, then they're going to win the league. Clearly, like whatever. But, they're going to win these, and then De Bruyne is going to come back <laughs> just for the last month or two. Exactly. Well, let's see what happens. This will be the test. This will be. Uh, yeah, I, 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 I uh, you know what? I, I need City to win the league. I just do. I can't stand <laughs> United winning the league. I can't stand. Well, I mean, Spurs are so far away, but it used to be what Spurs were up top. Now it's like looking way less. Probable. So as long as United don't win the league, I'm, I'm okay. So City, Liverpool, whatever, Leicester. I'll... You have nothing to worry about, my friend. <laughs> Emotional protection. Bernie. <laughs> Didn't we say how long can, can United last longer in the top than Spurs and it was four match days? Did United last more than it was four match days? It was three. It was three, wasn't it? Yeah. Three or four max. We did three. Oh, so oh, you're dear. worse than Mourinho. Oh, God. <laughs> Mourinho didn't oh, actually out. have them. Oh, so Mourinho was top on Saturday, off off the top on Sunday. He wasn't actually for match days. That's, that's another. Sounds like another song for like children. Top on yeah, Saturday, off on Sunday. Oh man! All right, just very very quickly. Uh, West Brom two, Fulham two, Everton nil, Newcastle two. Newcastle's first points of twenty twenty one. I'm sorry. I think Bernie has something to say to me here. Yeah. Oh 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 oh. Um. Mohaned, I am forever indebted to you. Mm-hmm. You are all wise and all knowing. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much for context. Harry Kane's injured and I didn't know what to do. And he went Wilson and I struggled with it. And I went with Wilson and he got two goals, baby. I would like to say that you gave me multiple choice of what strikers you should use. And I picked Wilson outside of that. That's how much what, I helped what, you. What, what was it I said? You said Calvert-Lewin or... No, I have Calvert-Lewin already. Or sorry, uh, Bamf- was it Bamford? I have him already. Oh, so it was, <laughs> it then. There's not that many strikers in the league, man. Yeah, it turns out it was Walcott or Callum Wilson. Great no, job, no, I didn't have no. <laughs> um, anyways, it was one of those dudes that scored a couple of goals. Anyways, point is, like, I, I helped kill your, your week there. Thanks. It was a great shout. I got a good amount of points. <laughs> I doubled the average. <laughs> Baffling that Mohamed is still like basically bottom of the league. It really is. No, he's um, <laughs> And uh, Crystal Palace won Wolves nil. Only bring that up because Wolves haven't won a game in ten. Wow, they've had a pretty bad season, man. Is there another Portuguese manager out there that could take over from Nuno? Mourinho. I can. I can think of one. <laughs> if we all know it's Mourinho's next job, <laughs> with his with his agents being <laughs> being the club owner essentially. <laughs> oh man, I would love to see that. 
would love it. Teams that are one man shops, friggin' Spurs and Wolves. Ugh. Uh, <sighs> Bernie Leeds uh, Leeds beat Leicester three one. I mean, um, that was a very. Oh yeah! Uh, I am so happy. I am yeah. so happy. My agenda, the agenda is officially over. Okay, over, that's fam. good. That's Which good. agenda was this? The anti Bielsa one or the anti Rogers one? Oh wait, it was my agenda, Darby. No, the Rogers <laughs> one will be forever. <laughs> We also have I, to forgive. I, I really like that the agenda derby. <laughs> yeah, uh, Bamford's goal though. Have you guys seen oh, it? Oh, what a oh, hit! Yeah, Bamford's goal. If you Beautiful. haven't go see it, it was unreal. And I think finally, I would just like to say that Aston Villa beating Southampton is a big uh, result for Aston Villa. And like I said, Alex, we were talking. They keep a lot of clean sheets for a team that is not supposed to be very good. But obviously, mm-hmm. they're playing very well this season. But at the beginning of the season, you would not think that you know so many people would have. Villa's keeper as their FPL keeper. You know, they've been phenomenal at the back. I mean, they really have. They've been good at the back, and Martinez as well has been absolutely reliable, like, mm-hmm. you know, pulling yeah. off saves as well. He's done his bit, and VAR did its bit in this game too, but. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. Whatever. I mean, that's Whatever. insane. I mean, if, if those were tights instead of shorts, <laughs> you know, like, it's just <laughs> literally crazy. a tight call. Like uh, Ross Barkley's playing. <laughs> Ross Barkley's playing very well though I have to say that I wasn't sure about that signing but he's he's doing the job is he or did he just score a goal I'm just asking no 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 he has been okay. he has he's been, been injured for a while too so I'm not sure <laughs> I can't remember when he first joined he was doing his bit yeah. fair enough he's still less problematic than Niles Barkley and that's really all he has to do. <laughs> yeah sure. less less problematic than uh, than Zlatan Ibrahimovic and Lukaku oh uh, uh, but, Don't get me started. Uh, yeah, we we can let that one slide. Mm-hmm. We can let it mm-hmm. slide, you donkey. <laughs> <laughs> All right, lads, take care. We'll uh, we'll chat again soon. Peace. Go do. Oh wow! Well, look at him. Thank you for downloading the Koshcast. Get in touch at underthekoshblog at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at under underscore the kosh. And for articles, predictions, and the full experience, go to underthekoshblog.com.